Lord, if he is for us, who can be against us? Hallelujah. And it is indeed a privilege to bring to the pulpit this morning our evangelists. God is doing some great and marvelous things around here. And I am ready to go a little further. Anybody else ready to go a little further? Amen. Clap your hands to the Lord and give Him praise. Hallelujah. We love you, Jesus. Praise the Lord. Well, you made it to the house of God on daylight savings time. That's almost like the rapture, but hey, not quite as good. I tell people when they say, sorry, I'm late. The only time late really matters is the rapture. That's when you need to be sorry you're late. Other than that, we can deal with it. We're just happy you made it to the house of God today. You know, I've never been a morning person. I, I just think if God wanted me to see the sunrise, he'd have put it later in the day. I, I'm not one for waking up early. And uh, one man once said, it's always easy the night before to get up early the next morning. It's a, it's a whole lot harder to get up in the morning than you think it is. And you add to that that you lose an hour, and it's, it's really hard to get up in the morning. I have a little trick that I use, uh, not all the time, but when I'm, when I'm feeling like uh, it's going to be hard to get up in the morning, I only work halfway on a message. Because it, it gives me something to get up early in the morning for. See, some people call that procrastination, but I call it motivation. You, you might not understand, but last night I got to the hotel about 10.30 old time, 11.30 new time. Somewhere around 2 o'clock in the morning I was about halfway done, and I said, you know what? might need to get up in the morning and finish this so I can understand what I'm trying to put on this piece of paper. But I believe the Lord wants to help us this morning. Turn with me to Acts chapter number 9. The Lord spoke to me a couple of days ago. And when the Lord moves upon me in the manner that he did, I always know that there is a reason behind it. I don't try to figure out the reason, but rather just know that God is in control. But he wants to help us today. Let's begin reading with verse number 1. And Saul... Yet breathing out threatenings and slaughter against the disciples of the Lord went unto the high priest and desired of him letters to Damascus to the synagogues that if he found any of this way, whether they were men or women, he might bring them bound unto Jerusalem. Talking about gathering up Christians. And as he journeyed, he came near Damascus and suddenly there shined round about him a light from heaven. And he fell to the earth and heard a voice saying unto him, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? And he said, Who art thou, Lord? And the Lord said, I am Jesus, whom thou persecutest. It is hard for thee to kick against the pricks. And he trembling and astonished said, Lord, what wilt thou have me to do? And the Lord said unto him, Arise and go into the city, and it shall be told thee what thou must do. He said, Saul, 
It is hard for thee to kick against the pricks. I want to preach a little while on the secret to switching sides. The secret to switching sides. Would you lift your hands with me right now? Father, I thank you for every heart in this place. I know the work of the Holy Ghost is going to be accomplished. I trust, Lord, that before we leave this building this morning, that we will be touched by the power of your Spirit and your Word. Oh, God, I take dominion over everything that would oppose the work of the Spirit. I bind it in the name of Jesus. I lose favor. I lose revelation and understanding and faith. Have your way in our hearts and do a mighty work today. I thank you in advance for what you're going to do. Can we clap our hands unto the Lord Jesus and give him praise? Amen, amen. Lord bless you. You may be seated this morning. The secret to switching sides. The social and spiritual climate we live in is indeed unique, and it can be confusing to the casual observer. It is complex, yet it is simple. It's complex to those who aren't spiritually aware of what's happening in our spiritual climate, yet it is simple to understand to anyone who has read the Word of God. For it is through the lens of this divine book that we see the unfolding of the enemy's plan. Please understand that it is his plan to remove any definitive stance in regards to spirituality. It is his endeavor to erase anything black and white, any definitive mark, and to make everything gray. Because if it's all gray, then you can, you can deceive yourself into thinking that everything is all right. If he can remove any landmark, any line of demarcation, and he can make everything questionable, then you can appease your conscience into thinking, I'm okay. So questions arise throughout the years and in society. Is this really necessary to do this? Isn't this outdated? Isn't this something that we don't have to do anymore? Is this really necessary? They tell themselves, well, culture has changed. Times have changed. It seems so subtle. It seems so small. Yet over time, what it is doing, it is merging black and white and making everything gray. You see... You've got to understand the word media is actually derived from the word medium. And Satan is the prince of the power of the air, or can we say airwaves. And he uses the medium of media to desensitize and to change how people think. And to make everything gray and there is no wrong and there is no right. And everything, you just do what's right in your eyes. You just do what's right in, in what you think to make everything questionable. 
By making everything gray, you no longer know where you stand. There is no heaven and there is no hell. Thus, the consequences for your actions are non-existent. You can do whatever you want, but rest assured, my friend, this morning, that there indeed are two sides in this world. There is the kingdom of God, and there is the kingdom of darkness. Galatians 5.17 says, For the flesh lusteth or warreth against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary the one to the other. These contrary, they're opposite. They're never going to coexist. They're never going to be gray. There's always going to be right and there's always going to be wrong. There's always going to be a definitive line of demarcation in regard to where you stand. Unless you deceive yourself, can I remind you this morning that in regards to living for God, there is no neutral ground. Either you're going to live for God or you're going to live for the world. But you're not just going to pick a spot and say, I'm neutral. You're not just going to be able to live your life and say, well, I'm not really going to live for God and I'm not really going to live for the world. I'm just going to do what I want to do. Well, by doing what you want to do, you're living for the world. Because you're, you're led by your own will and you're led by your own lust and you're led by your own thoughts and your own mind. And the carnal mind is enmity against the Lord. It's never going to walk in the way of God. My friend, I would rather be on God's side. You see, Satan gives death, but God gives life. Satan gives fear, but God gives peace. Satan gives lies, but God gives truth. Satan gives bondage, but God gives freedom. Satan gives misery, but God gives mercy. We wouldn't be here today if it weren't for the mercy of Almighty God. I'm reminded of the words of Moses When he asked the question in Exodus 32 and 26, uh, who is on the Lord's side? I don't want there to be any doubt as to where I stand. I want to be like Paul when he said, for I know whom I have believed and I am persuaded. I've got a made up mind after everything Paul endured. He knew he was still on the right side was this determination, this tenacity that God loved about Paul. There was a trait in Paul that God knew he could withstand everything that he was going to have to go through. He was fiercely loyal and dedicated to the cause. Known as Saul, he experienced a powerful conversion. We could say that what we read in Acts chapter 9 was us getting to see Saul switch sides and it gives us a look into a powerful transaction between deity and humanity what struck me so much about Saul was where he stood whose side he was on you see Saul was anti-Christ he was not the anti-Christ but his side was anti-Christ In fact, we read when he, in Acts chapter 9, his endeavor, his modus operandi 
was he was trying to gather up anyone who thought that Jesus was the Christ. He was trying to gather up anyone who tried to follow after the will of God and the plan of God or who was on the Lord's side. His lifestyle was not pleasing to God. His lifestyle was anything but what God would want for an individual. And allow me to reiterate what I said earlier. You cannot be on two sides. You're going to live for God or you're going to live for the enemy. And we are living in a day where people want to tiptoe around the fact that sin is wrong. They don't want to declare or preach because they don't want to offend you. My friend, this book right here is not about being offensive. It's about getting you saved. And in the face of political correctness, I can still declare that sin is wrong and it will separate you from God. does not mean acceptance. God could strike you dead because of your wrongdoing. He has all power to do that. But he tolerates it in hopes of you accepting the extension of his mercy and recognizing your wrongdoing. And changing the path that you walk. But just because he tolerates that doesn't mean he approves or accepts that. That sin separates you from God. And unless you repent and change your ways, you live in a separated state. You know, we're living in a day where everybody wants to be politically correct. You've got to say it this way. You've got to frame it this way. But let me tell you, political correctness does not supersede spiritual correctness. Spiritual correctness is still intact. And they can remove every Bible on the face of the earth, but they cannot remove the Word. Because the grass withereth and the flower fadeth, but the Word of God shall stand forever. It is forever settled in heaven. I am the way, the truth, and the life. He that believeth in me shall never die. Sin is still wrong. Don't let the world lie to you. The the lie that we've taken is you can be mixed and still be blessed. You could hold hands with the world and you could hold hands with God and you could still be blessed. Somehow, some way, we have messed up in our mind that the material blessings are an indicator of God's favor. And that is a lie. That is a lie. Just because you have a nice car and a nice home and nice clothes doesn't mean that you have the seal of God on your life. There's people living the way of the world and have all that stuff, but that doesn't mean that their lifestyle is right. We have taken the bait and our mind is messed with and we're trying to achieve a false status of what success really is. Let me tell you what success is. Success is well done, thou good and faithful servant. 
the success. We've got people that think almost is good enough. I, 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 my brother's like that. It's just it's good enough. Close enough's good enough. Not not regards to spiritual, but just anything that he did is always funny. He just threw paint on there. That, that's good. You know, people like that's, that's close enough. Good enough, my friend. In regards to your soul, close enough is not good enough. Almost right is always wrong. Almost hit is always miss. Almost pass is always fail. Almost safe is always out. Almost lived is always died. Almost did is always didn't. Almost saved is always lost. And almost heaven is always hell. I don't want to live my life on an almost, but I want to make sure that I'm on the right side. It's time to tell the devil I changed my mind. I'm not walking this way anymore. I'm not living this way anymore. I'm not putting my head on a pillow at night trying to think that everything's all right. But when I leave this place today, I'm leaving here different than when I came in. Hear me. Satan works through opposition. But God works through opportunity. Saul's on the way to Damascus. Bright, shining light. Some people think he fell off of his donkey or whatever. We can't substantiate that, but it makes for a pretty picture. But he was on the ground, and there was a big light. He was having an encounter with God. He said, who are you? He said, I am Jesus whom thou persecutest, Saul. It's hard for thee to kick against the pricks. I did a little study on this. And the prick was an ox goad. In those days when they were harvesting and they were planting and they were using oxen, they had a large, long object, like a long stick, with a pointy thing on the end of it, almost like a spear. And when they were trying to navigate the ox in a certain direction, they would kind of gently touch the back of that ox just to kind of motivate it to go. But when the ox didn't want to go the direction that the, that the person wanted it to go, he would start kicking against the very thing that the person was using to try to get him to go in the right direction. And, and what God was trying to say was, Saul, I've given you opportunity after opportunity to go in the right direction. And you're only hurting yourself when you keep kicking against the very things I'm trying to use to get you where I want you to be. You see, Satan will fight you with opposition. Anytime you, you try to switch sides, he will oppose. He will try to attack he will try to bring things into your life to stop you, whether it be family or finances or friends or, or spiritual or whatever it is. He works through opposition. He doesn't want you to go where, where you desire to go. But God works through opportunity because God will never fight to keep you. He's never going to fight you. Because if he has to fight you, then you're already behind the eight ball because you're not serving him out of love. He's not going to strong arm you and to get you into an altar. But what he will do is he will give you opportunity after opportunity after opportunity 
to know him in a greater way. You know, back when I was a kid, which wasn't too long ago, I say that like I'm 60 or 70, young, years young. But we used to play this game in school, Red Rover, Red Rover. I used to love Red Rover because I was the fat kid. And, 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 and nobody, nobody hardly ever called me to go on over. Because they try as they might, I would always break through the barrier to get to the other side. And I'd watch these little kids, and they'd say, I always picked the small ones because it would boost their ego, you know, when they couldn't, the little kids couldn't. Couldn't break through. They'd say, Red Rover, Red Rover, let Sally come over. And Sally would just do this number coming on over there and barely hit. And I'm thinking, Sally, you don't even want to be on that side. You know, if you couldn't break through, they got to keep you. But when they finally called Big Daddy, I was like a freight train. I never was known for speed, but I sure could move with a little force. But here's what I noticed they would start doing. I would start running as fast as I could, which would probably look like slow motion to some of y'all. But I would be running, and right when I'd get to them, I'd see the fear and panic in their eyes, and they would just drop their hands like this, and I'd go straight on through there. And you know what happens when you make it through? You pick somebody from that side. And you bring back with you. Can I tell you something? When you try to change, when it's time to change sides, uh, hell looks at you and realizes greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Uh, I can't keep my hands on him. Uh, I can't I can't stop him uh, from changing sides. Uh, there's something about a made-up mind and you respond to the call of God. You see, God puts you in situations. God allows things to come into your life. And all it is is an opportunity to know him in a greater way. Why is the sickness coming? Because you're going to get to see the healer. Why is the financial situation coming? Because you're going to see the provider. Why am I facing all of this junk in my life? Because God's allowing opportunity in your life. So he can show himself in a greater way. But what do we do? We fight against the very thing God's trying to use to get us where he wants us. Saul, I've been trying to get you somewhere. But you're fighting against the very thing I'm trying to use to get you here. So what is the secret to changing sides? Stop fighting and start following. Stop fighting against God. Stop fighting against what God is trying to do in your life. We harm ourselves more than the devil can. Because we spend all of this, all of our energy fighting against God. And God's looking at us going, if you could only realize, I'm trying to gently prod you in a direction I want you to go. You know what I noticed? When, when, when God got Saul to this place, he was blind. The Bible says he could see no man. 
And God has a way of getting you in situations where you're not looking at anybody else around you. God has a way of putting you in predicaments and situations in life. Or it doesn't matter what your husband does. It doesn't matter what your kids do. It doesn't matter what your family or friends do. You can see no man because God's got your number. God's looking at you going, hey, it's not about what anybody else is doing today. It's not about what anybody, there's people under the sound of my voice. The only thing hindering you is you've been watching what other people are doing. And you're allowing their lack of action to determine your action. And the only thing keeping you back today is that you've had your eyes. I'm walking in the Holy Ghost right now. You've had your eyes on other people. And you're thinking, well, if they move, I'll move. And if they do this, I'll do this. Honey, God's looking at you this morning saying, don't you look to the left. Don't you look to the right. But right now, I want to know, are you going to stop fighting what I'm trying to do in your life? Are you going to say, today is the day where I'm going to respond to God? Stand with me all over the building. It's time right now. I feel the nudging of the Spirit. Somebody pray with me right now in the Holy Ghost. Come on, intercessor. Tap into the Spirit world right with me right now. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Jesus. Yes. 